Let's pray. Father, uh, we do thank you once again for the opportunity to just get into your word and study your word. And Lord, I do pray, I pray that tonight as we begin looking at this thing we call spiritual warfare and, and uh, what goes on, Lord, I think mostly behind the scenes, but what should be going on in our hearts, I pray that you would strengthen us that, Lord, again, it wouldn't be just a time of learning principles or reading things and saying, yes, we believe them, but it would be a time for us to change, for us to take those steps, God, that you desire for us to take. So bless this time. Open up our hearts. Open up our minds. And, Lord, do that work that only you can do. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, as we, it's interesting as Paul has been writing about the family, right? We've been looking at marriage. We've been looking at children, even how we should function in our places of work. And now he transitions all of that into this whole idea of Christian warfare. Now, I know some of us may think our homes are like a war zone, but that shouldn't be. But I do think they kind of go hand in hand. And I believe, listen, I believe if we can't maintain a good home as believers, we're not gonna maintain a good Christian walk as a believer. You know, I, I know some people say they're always struggling and fighting and going through things at home. That shouldn't be. And if we're doing that, how on earth are we gonna go forward in our Christian life and our Christian walk? As Paul here begins this whole idea of Christian warfare, listen, it's not about us necessarily, quote, going to war. It's about us being in the middle of a war, and it's a war for our souls. And hey, once, once we give our hearts to Jesus, then it's just a war to kind of destroy our, our witness and our testimony and whatever else can happen. So, you know, I liken it to this. I was drafted. I was, I was drafted, uh, actually one of the last people in Bisbee to get drafted, my claim to fame. And uh, you know, I was drafted into the army. I didn't want to go, and you guys have heard me say before, I didn't like the army. I didn't like anything about it. I did my time. I didn't go nuts. I had an uncle that was afraid I was going to go AWOL, and uh, he was a career guy, and he said, whatever you do, don't go AWOL. And I thought, what, do you think I'm stupid? So, you know, but I, I didn't like that whole scene. And here's the thing, though. When we come to Jesus, we get drafted into his army whether we like it or not, and we're in this war, whether we like it or not. So I believe, listen, I believe as we listen to what Paul has to say and begin to digest it and let it become part of us, I believe we will be men and women who can have a successful walk and a good walk, but we've got to internal, and listen, it's got to become real for us as we read this stuff. Now, as he begins here, listen, he's gonna, we're just gonna talk in the beginning here, and I think it's real simple. The very first thing he tells us is we need to be strong. Now, a lot of us go, yeah, I work out. I'm not, not that kind of strong, and not even strong in our intellect and et cetera. We need to be strong in the Lord, so we're gonna develop that. And then he tells us, listen, then he tells us to put on the armor of God and live that way I, I like it to where it's worded in a certain way, and when we get there, we'll talk about it. It's like to put on and leave it on. I don't think we should be taking it off. This Christian life, listen, there's no breaks. Have you guys noticed? Like, 
you don't get like where there's time out. I don't feel like, you know, fighting today. I don't feel like doing this today. And I'm not talking about fighting with each other. I'm talking about fighting the enemy. And we, we kind of, we don't get to do that. It's daily. And hopefully as we grow and we mature and we stay close to the Lord and get strong in the Lord, the fight becomes a little bit, maybe a little bit easier. But here's what I believe with all my heart. If you're not meeting resistance, I'm not sure. Listen, I'm not sure you're going forward. I'm not gonna call, call you out and say you're not saved, but I'm not sure you're going forward. There should be some resistance. Something that kind of cracks me up right now is there's a lot of resistance, and, and I, kinda, I kind of embrace it. There's a lot of resistance on Facebook, on YouTube, on Christians taking stands in certain areas. You know, you can't say things anymore, and this might get us kicked off tonight, but you can't say things anymore like, you know, God looks at homosexuality as sin. Now, listen, it's not different than any other sin, but it's still sin. So you can't say things like that or you get kicked off of your Facebook feed or, you know, you can't do your YouTube channel. You'll get, you'll get canceled. And as Christians, we kind of, ah, we got all, all up in arms. Seriously? Like you don't expect some blowback? You don't expect a war to go on? Come on, Christian. We're in a battle. And why would we expect, why would we not expect that? So, having said all of that, you know, a little bit of, because we're here at Fort Huachuca, a little bit of intel, right? Because that's what Fort Huachuca is all about. So we need a little intel about this war that we're part of. Now, I believe, listen, I believe the war ultimately is against the thing that is repeated over and over, against the world, against the flesh, and against the devil. Those are things that we have to battle all the time. The world system, the world that's out there around us, not talking about just, you know, the globe, but all that comes around us. Hey, it's a battle daily functioning in that, so we have to be aware of that. Then also, we have the flesh, and I think that's our biggest battle. I, I personally, this is me personally, I don't think the devil spends a lot of time on me because I can fall into sin pretty easy. Like, I don't need him coming and going, here you go. So listen, it's my flesh, and I have to battle that, and I have to understand that, and I have to realize that. And then we're gonna look at mainly the devil and what happens there, and what does that look like in our world. So those are things, listen, those are things we're coming against, and that's kind of, you know, our intel, this is who we're fighting, so let's try and figure out how do we win this battle, this war? And look at what he says in verse 10. Finally, my brother, now isn't it interesting? He's talked about husbands, he's talked about wives, he's talked about children, and he's talked about, our, about our, our work environment. And then he says, finally. So now he's beginning to wrap things up. I don't think the finally here is finally for the whole book of Ephesians, some people do. I think it's finally about, listen, we're talking about, we're talking about Christianity and where Christianity really matters. Here's what I believe. I believe Christianity really matters in our marriages, in how we raise our children, and in how we conduct ourselves in our workplaces. So he's saying, listen, all of that is true. Now, finally, here's what we need to realize as maybe we struggle in some of those areas. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So as we think about this spiritual warfare and what's coming, here's, what, here's, here's a, the biggest clue for all of us. 
Be strong in the Lord. Notice he doesn't say just be strong, because it's one way, but he says what? Be strong in the Lord. You and I cannot win this battle. I am convinced, listen, I am convinced that number one, the devil is way, way, way more smarter than I am, he's way more conniving than I am, and he's way stronger than I am. I'm convinced of that. And I know, you know, I know some Christians go, wait a minute, I'll fight him. Yeah, for sure. But listen, I also know I have a hard time battling my flesh. And I have a hard time coming against the world. And if I try and face it in my own strength, I am going to fail. And I'm going to struggle. So I need to be strong in the Lord. How do I do that? How do I get strong in the Lord and you know, really, really have that victory? I believe there's one way, maybe a two-edged sword of one way. But let's just say it this way, by hanging out with Jesus. When I was growing up, my parents would always say, watch who you hang out with, they'll influence you. I think a lot of us got that right. I know, and then I know my dad would say, you know, that person's a really bad influence. And I would say, huh, funny you're saying that. I think his parents are saying the same thing about me, you know? So, so kind of an odd thing. Like, don't hang out with that Pat. He's a bad influence. But it is true, right? The, where we spend our time and energy is what is going to influence our lives. So if I want to be strong in the Lord, I got to hang out with Jesus. Now, how do I hang out with Jesus? I get in his word. Once again, that's why we push so heavily. Read through your Bible every year. Not just that we want to be legalistic. Not that we want to get people, you know, kind of quote on our side. You want to be strong in the Lord? You got to know his word and hang out with him. So read the word. Get in the word and then spend time with him. I, listen, I think we should all cherish just hanging out with him. Now, this is part of hanging out with him as we hang out with each other. But also, we need to hang out with him privately. I believe, listen, I believe a lot of this is aimed at individuals, but I think as individuals, we gotta come together as a church to be victorious. And I believe Paul is kind of pushing us in that direction. So be strong in the Lord and then in the power of his might and once again, I think it's important we understand. Here's what's funny in, in, uh, in verse 1, 19 and 20, he brings up this same thing. Paul has kind of been telling us all along that where we're gonna get our energy, where we're gonna get you know, our success and et cetera is by being strong and understanding. Do you know God is all powerful? I believe that with all my heart. It kind of cracks me up when some people say, well, I'm not so sure. I feel sorry for you. My God's all-powerful, and there's nothing greater than him. And here's what I know. I know he's, he, God is not locked in combat with the devil, as some people kind of imply and talk about. There is no way. God is not, is not bound up in this thing and hoping he can win. You know, the, the, the fight with the, the, the devil and, and God is like, if God wanted to, he could just go, Pfft like with just his foot, like we step on ants. It always bothers me when people go, oh, I don't know. Like, my, Listen, God doesn't go, golly, man, if I could just beat that guy just once. He's got it. 
Now, that does bring up, I understand, it brings up questions with us, right? Like, why doesn't he just end it? Why doesn't he do, why doesn't he, you know, hey, I've read the book of Revelation. One angel takes Satan and binds him up for a thought. One angel, not an army, not a whole ton of them. One, one just goes and not even a, not, listen, not even an archangel, just an angel angel. And he binds him up for a thousand years. And I'm thinking, why are we waiting till then? Now, here's what I know. God knows more than I do. And God is working his plan. And God's not doing things to hurt us or to harm us or to make life difficult for us. He's got a purpose and he doesn't always reveal that to us. So understand that. All I'm required to do is walk with the Lord and be strong. Listen, be strong in his power. Be strong in his mind. So hanging out with him. Then he tells us in verse 10 or 11, he says, listen to this, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against against the wiles of the devil. Oh, put on a whole armor. Some of your translations might say the full armor. Now, here's the thing that there's a lot of discussion and we're gonna get into the different pieces of the armor as we work through this in the next several weeks. So I'm not gonna go into a lot of detail, but here's what I highlighted and I heavily underlined in my Bible. It is the armor of God. I think that's important, and again, there, as we go work through these, there's some people who will disagree with parts of this. Either this army, or this army, this armor is either objective, and it belongs to God, and he's giving me this armor to put on, or it's subjective, and it's things I have to do in order to wear the armor. And again, we'll break that down and talk about it, but I'm in the camp of, just because I believe my Bible, it's the armor of God, not the armor of Pat, not stuff I have to do, but I have to, listen, I gotta put it on. I have to understand, number one, I am in war. When I got drafted, the one thing I remember just as clearly as though it was yesterday, my very first day in boot camp, after you go through the end processing, all of that stuff, very first day, you're for real in. And I remember, man, the drill sergeants came in. It's like 3.30 in the morning. They're screaming and yelling and get out there. And then we go out to this, this field that was like as big as two football fields put together. And it's like, just start running. And we're running and puking and running and puking and doing push-ups and puking and going through it. And man, I mean, they just like, we're going like crazy. And this was when I guess they, I guess they can't do some of that stuff now, but and I just remember, I was sure I was going to die. I was thinking, Gaynell's going to be a widow. This is, I'm not going to make this. It was horrible. And then, man, we almost get to the end of it. And then they go, you want to go to breakfast? No, I don't think so. I've been puking for an hour. What do I want to go eat for? You probably make me puke more. What were they doing? Number one, they were breaking us, but you know what? We kept that regimen of exercise up, why? Because we need to be strong, we need to be fit. And then they kept us in that thing because they're building us as a unit and, and putting us together. And listen, then they gave us armor, they gave us stuff. And you weren't gonna go out without your stuff. I remember, man, if you got caught without your weapon, oh my word, 
they would have a coronary. And you just want to tell them, just chill out a little bit. It's okay. I know where it is. Just take a breath. You weren't allowed to do those things. And last, the only time you could really kind of get away with that is on a firing range when you had live ammo. Man, those drill sergeants changed instantly. Like all of a sudden, they're your best friend. Hey, would you mind doing that for me? Oh, now you, now you want to be polite when I got real bullets? But listen, you got to put on the armor, and you got to do that. Saints, the same thing in God's army. We have to get fit to be strong, and then we got to take that armor, and we got to know that it's God's armor, and it's his, and we're putting it on, and we're putting it on, and why do we need his armor? Because ultimately, this war we're in is in, and hear me right, it's his war. Not, not that he can't win it, but in his wisdom, in his majesty, in his glory, he's seen fit to have us be part of this thing. And again, I don't know all of those details, so ask God when you get there, but I know we're part of it. And we have to go forward and we have to do these things. And he says, listen, you put all of that on. Now, listen to what he says. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Oh. My main battle, I think, is with the devil. But listen, I, I'm not sure any of us are ever going to encounter Satan himself. We'll talk about here in the next verse that he has a lot of helpers that I think we may encounter. But we need to understand something. He's got a plan also. And his plan is to keep us from doing whatever God wants us to do and the direction God wants us to go. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, it says this, talking about Satan. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness who end will be according to their works. So here's what we know. He's, he's crafty. He's good at what he does. Listen, he's been around for millennials. And he's good at what he does. He understands. He knows. He's, he, you know, him and his cohort study and, and, and look at us. I've said it many times. Satan never tempts me to rob a bank. Like when I go to the bank, I don't have to sit and pray, God, keep me from robbing this bank. Please keep me from robbing. This. I'm not tempted to rob a bank. Why? God's just not tempted that way. Oh, but there's other things. And here's what Satan knows. I don't have to do that because that guy's never gonna rob a bank. But watch this. And he'll trip us up. So listen, we have to be understanding of, of the wiles of what he's doing. And then I guess the biggest thing, and I kind of got ahead of myself, I guess the biggest thing is we need to understand there is this enemy that we face called the devil. I know when I first got saved, I had a hard time. I remember going to the people who were discipling me and telling them, man, I have a hard time. I said, listen, I can believe in God. I can even believe that Jesus is God. But this whole devil thing is just kind of weird to me. And I remember them looking at me like, you better start believing. And it was just weird. It was just odd to me. You know, the only devil I knew was the guy on the little can of deviled ham. 
you know, the little guy, red guy with his pitchfork and kind of thing, and, and then some of us think he's the guy sitting on our shoulder. No, he's crafty as we just read in, in 2 Corinthians. He is a crafty, crafty guy. So is he real? That's the thing, and you gotta settle that in your heart. Now, I remember, and I've shared it before many times, I remember the couple that discipled me said, okay, here's what you need to do, and they gave me the book, the screw tape letters. And then if you ever wanna understand, if you ever wanna understand how the devil works in us, you gotta read the screw tape letters. I remember reading that book, this is free. I remember reading that book and I was reading about, so the book is the story of a head angel who's got his little helper angel or, or demon. The head demon got a little helper demon and he gets a little helper demon to do certain things with this individual. And in the book, the enemy's always God and then with us trying to trip us up. And I remember reading, I read Sunday morning, I read about him telling, now listen, when he goes to church, Make sure as he goes to church, you do everything you can to distract him so he doesn't listen to the message because we don't want him listening to the enemy. That's how, that's how the book kind of goes, right? So make sure you do that. I go to church, and I'm looking around judging people. And I'm doing this and doing that, and then I get out of church, and I went, I did exactly what that's, and so then he became more real to me. That's the why, listen, that's what we're talking about. He's not always gonna come, listen, if the devil came to us in a red suit with a tail and a pitchfork, we would all stay away from him, right? He's crafty, he's gonna come in different ways. Now, again, if you have a hard time, and you know, you, I would suggest you read screw tape letters, but I would also suggest you read Isaiah chapter 14 and, and Ezekiel chapter 28. They kinda tell you where he came from and where he started. I believe, again, he was that angel of the uh, morning star. I believe he fell, I've been, and we can read all those things and look at those things. He is a real, real being, but listen carefully. He's a created being. God made him, and he chose to rebel against God and then again take some of the angels with him. I like this. Listen to what Arkant Hughes says. He says this. He's been honing his methods for millennia. His emissaries visited the church councils since the one at Acts 15 down through the Nicaea and the Chalcedon to, uh, to our meeting last week. He sat in on medieval faculty meetings. He is a, he's an accomplished philosopher, theologian, psychologist. He has had thousands of years to study. And then, uh, listen to this part. Satan has no conscience, no compassion, no remorse, no morals. He feeds on the pain and anguish. He feeds on pain and anguish and filth. Wow. And I read that and it kind of it kind of sends chills. That's who we're facing. That's our enemy. Now, again, Jesus in Jesus says in Luke chapter 10, and he said to them, I saw fate, Satan fall like lightning from heaven. That's meant when he was taken out of heaven. Revelation tells us his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth and the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth. So as he fell, he took a third of the angels with him. Now that tells me there's still two thirds that are good angels and there's one third with him. So he's kind of overpowered. And I also know that according to scripture, he was defeated at the cross. But I have to remember that because 
There's oftentimes he's kind of coming in not telling me that. So again, the wiles of the devil. And then I think this is one of the most important verses that we can remember. Look at John or listen to John 10.10. The thief or the devil does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's what he's here for. And we need to remember that as we're walking through life and we look at life and those temptations come and different things come our way. He desires to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Now, the rest of that verse, listen, I think is important. Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. Hallelujah, huh? So put on, here's what he says, man. For you and I, first, we need to be strong. Second, we need to put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, here's where I think a lot of us get messed up. Look at the beginning of verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Oh, underline that. I believe currently the church is spending way too much time fighting against flesh and blood. And part of that fight is we bite and devour each other. We're chewing on each other. It's sort of, I mean, you know, just things that I think, really, really? You're gonna go to, you're gonna go and get all freaked out about that when there's huge things going on? And we begin to, listen, we begin to come against each other. We need to stop it. And again, I think, what's going on culturally right now and what's going on in the world. I, you know, hear my heart. We have some people that want to wear masks all the time. Fine. That's fine. We have some people that don't want to wear masks. That's okay. We can't come against each other and start fighting with each other. We have some people that want to take the vaccine. We have some people that don't. Fine. Why are we fighting as the church of Jesus Christ? Why are we fighting over stuff like that? Yet, you see it. You see people judging each other and coming again. Stop it. Our battle, listen, and here's what I think. I think Satan and the demons are in their place wherever they hang out because I don't think they're up in the sky. I think they're all around us and I think they're laughing their heads off. <laughs> Look at that, man. Look at those Christians. Why are they fighting over that? I think they're telling each other, why would you fight over that? I don't know, but they are. Let's keep them going. Now here's, here's the thing I started thinking about this week as I was studying this and praying. This is tied to the family, right? Same same section of scripture where we're talking about family. How often do we as spouses fight over the stupidest things? Don't raise your hand and like volunteer information. <laughs> but we do, don't we? Come on. We get in arguments over the dumbest things and here's what I was thinking. If we can't as couples who supposedly love each other, if we can't like walk and, and work those things out, how on earth can we work it out with each other in this thing called the church? So I think, number one, we need to start at the home and start with one another. And then, and then get that down and start practicing that 
and then come out, you know? Maybe we should have a rule, you can't come out in public till you need to figure out your marriage and how to function that way. Then you can come out and be big people and grown-ups. But listen, I think this is important. I think it's all relative when we think about it. And generally, I have to be honest, when Gaynell and I disagree on something, it's usually, it's usually some minor dumb thing. Now, I understand we have big issues going on, but so does the church. But the thing that we start nitpicking on are the dumb things. Let's stop it. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. Now, let's take it a little bit further. And we don't like things that are going on. We don't like, you know, certain decisions that are made by, whether it's a politician or whatever, and we get, quit fighting against flesh and blood, Christian. Now, I know that Pastor Robert was here a couple weeks ago, and I, I, you know, listen, I'm gonna tell you the same thing. I think we have a responsibility to be involved in things and to vote and do that, but our focus needs to be on Jesus and the lost a whole much more than those things. And I, I, I love what Pastor Robert had to say and, and how he you know, kind of exhorted us. That's a good thing. But man, listen, let's fight in the spiritual realm and quit fighting in the physical realm and biting and devouring each other and going at each other. Let's be people who we put on the armor of God. Listen, the armor of God, check it out. You can read ahead. You can even read while I'm talking. I won't get mad at you. And you can read none of that armor has to do with protection against each other. That's protection against the world and the devil and his, his plans. So listen, man. So our battle, underline that if you have to. For we do not wrestle. And you know what? I like that word. That word wrestle actually means wrestling, hand-to-hand combat. The worst combat I think you can ever get involved in is hand-to-hand. You know, it's one thing to shoot people from a drone, right? It's one thing to sit in Las Vegas, fly a drone, and and kill a bunch of people in Afghanistan. Hey, I'm hands off. I don't have to worry about that. It's another thing to be a pilot and fly a plane and do it. Oh, it's another thing to be on the ground with a gun and shoot somebody. But hand to hand? Oh, that's a tough one. That's where our battle is. Listen, we don't wrestle, we don't fight hand to hand against the flesh, but our battle, look at who our battle is against. He says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, and against a spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. Wow. Now listen, man, I read that and I think, No wonder we don't want to get involved in war. Right, he gives us four descriptions. Now, here's what's kind of interesting to me as I studied this. I can't believe the amount of material and time spent on trying to define all four of these. And different, listen, different authors I read, different people I read, some of them I fell asleep reading. I'm thinking, what What are you doing? There's an old Puritan guy, if you ever want to like just read your brains out. There's an old Puritan guy, his last name's Gurnall. His book on just this, spiritual warfare, I think is, I think it's 12,000 pages. He thought it through. (laughs) Those guys kind of tended to do that. So, I read that whole book 
this week in prison. No, I didn't. <laughs> Someone's looking at me like, don't lie. <laughs> but listen, man, you read it and I'm thinking, here's the thing. They get so detailed about what each one of these represents. Now, I do think, listen, I do think they represent the demonic world and the hierarchy of the demonic world. But again, a little bit more intel. Let's think about it. If he described them the way he described them, and again, I want to read them. He says, listen, we fight against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, and against the spiritual host of wickedness. He gives us four different entities, which tells me something. There's some kind of hierarchy. Here's what it tells me. Satan and his army is well organized. They didn't, listen, they're not just like rolling out of bed, like let's just go after this. They're well organized. They have a whole hierarchy going on. And they are organized for one reason, to kill, steal, and destroy. And we need to understand that. And I don't, listen, I'm not gonna pretend and I'm not gonna stand up here and tell you. Now the principalities, what we know about principalities is the principalities are mainly in this area. And then, you know, the powers, the powers are, are you know, they're not principalities. They're just a little bit less in their powers. And then, I'm not gonna do that. I know that they're organized. I know there's some kind of organization. And obviously, when we read about good angels, there's organization. We have Michael the archangel, right? And we have Gabriel the archangel. We know two of them. They're named. They're told us about. And then we have another one, the morning star, right? That seemed to be an archangel that was kicked out of heaven. That's Satan that we call now, the, the destroyer and the, the liar and the slanderer. So listen, we have that going on. And then I know, and I'm not gonna talk a lot about it. I know a couple weeks ago, if you weren't here, it's bad on you. When Pastor Robert was here, he talked about, remember when Daniel was praying and fasting for 21 days and the angel said, man, I was trying to get here, but I was held up by the, you know, by the prince of, of uh, Babylon and he says, or prince of Persia, and he says, what did he say? Michael the archangel had to come and help me out so I could get here. So listen, I think, I think if we could tear back the heavens, we would be shocked. I think we would be appalled at what's going on just in this room. All around us, there's, there's stuff happening. And again, he's listed them in certain ways and, and told us certain things. Now, I know that Pastor Robert also talked about, about Frank Peretti and his book, This Present Darkness. I'm gonna have to kind of disagree a little bit with Pastor Robert. It's good him and I don't agree on everything because one of us is thinking just saying, I hope he's not listening right now. <laughs> My phone's gonna blow up. But anyway, listen, listen. I, I think Frank Peretti's book is a good fictional book. Be careful if you get your theology from fiction. Get your theology from what the Bible tells us and how the Bible lays it out. And again, you can do plenty of studies on on it, and here's what I know though. I know that these demons want to destroy us. And they do whatever it takes. Now something Pastor Robert and I agree on is I do not believe it bothers me with discernment ministries and, and you know the, the whole thing. We, we need to make sure and there, there's some who say you know we need to cast the demons out. Here's the thing about spiritual warfare. It seems to me in the church you're either way over here and none of this exists and it's all like make-believe 
or you're way over here and there's demons and demonic stuff behind every bush. And, you know, it seems like we, we got to get in the middle someplace. And listen, I believe, listen, I believe as believers we can be hassled. I believe we can be pushed. I believe we can be tempted. I believe we can do all that. But I do not believe we can be inhabited by a demon, hence demon possession. And I know Pastor Robert brought up that same thing. I don't do that. Now, I love years ago I was listening to somebody, and he put it this way. He says, listen, my heart is not a duplex talking about, listen, I'm filled with the Spirit of God. My heart's not a duplex, and God doesn't timeshare. So, listen, that's an important thing to remember, right? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So, listen, we have that assurance. So, so yes, we have this battle. It's a real battle. It's a battle that we're going to face, and it's one, listen carefully, that we can be victorious in. All we have to do, sounds simple, right? is be strong in the Lord, put on his armor, and stand firm. That's all we have to do. I don't think it's real complex. I don't, again, I don't get into all the you know, discernment stuff, and you have to do this, you have to do that. And, you know, if you're not praying for an hour a day, you're sunk. Here's the whole thing. The only people that are really sunk are people who do not trust Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. If you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I tell people this, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, man, you have lost already. I shared with you guys before when we were living in Bisbee, we had a lesbian couple that lived up above us, and I used to complain about them in my heart all the time. And I'll never forget the day the Lord said, why don't you quit complaining about them and pray for them? And he says, and then he does this. This is God. And you know what, Pat? Why don't you go up and see if you can do something for him? Here's what I'm thinking. Why don't you go do something for him, God? <laughs> and you know what? We'd be, I befriended him, and I helped him out, and then they started. They would call me when they were in trouble. Hey, this is going on. Can you help out? And I would, you know, a couple times they thought I did something, and I didn't, but I did take the credit. But listen, <laughs> and... And we built this relationship, and then one day they called, and they go, you gotta get up here right now. And they had been out for a while, and just a little, a little house next to them, it was a tiny little house, uh, a witch lived in there, Bisbee, remember, we're in Bisbee. So a witch lived in there, and, and I remember they called us, and Gaynell and I went up there, and on their mirrors were written with lipstick curses. This witch had got in her house and written these curses to them. And I remember these two girls, they go, what can we do? And I go, well, one thing. And they go, what? I said, you need to accept Jesus right now. Yes. Right now. And they go, we don't want to. I go, then you're dead meat, man. She has got you. And left. Isn't that true? We can't, we can't beat the devil. We're not gonna beat him in our own strength. We're not gonna beat him in our own power. And listen carefully. You're not gonna come up with weapons and devices to beat him. You've gotta do what God tells you. And I know I oversimplify things, but it's because I believe the Bible. Be strong in the Lord. Make that your priority. Be strong in the Lord, and secondly, Put on his armor and stand firm. Don't give an inch. I think of what God has given us to fight 
and it's phenomenal. And something that bothers me in our world, worldly thinking, as a country, we have tremendous weaponry that we don't use to its fullest extent. And I think as a country, we see things where, you know, all of us who are not in the know, we know that we could win wars very easy because we're not in the know, right? But we look at things and think, why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? And when we think of, of the weaponry we have at our disposal. And we look, at the, we look at, you know, our world, at least I do, and think, why isn't that being done? And here's what God impresses on my heart. Same reason you don't use the weaponry I gave you to win the battle that you're in. Now, part of that is because I'm stupid. I don't want to say that about our country. But listen, we don't use to the full extent what God has given us. So we're going to spend a couple weeks looking at what he's given us as armor and weaponry, and we are going to learn how we can be victorious in this thing called the Christian life. And if any of you want to borrow William Gurnall's book on spiritual warfare, (laughs) feel free. No, I can't let you borrow it because you'll never bring it back because you'll never finish reading it. Saints, let's trust God. Let's believe him. Believe him, number one, we are in a war. Understand that. But number two, believe that you can stand strong in him and you can put on that armor and let's be those kind of people. Let's stand up and pray. Father, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for your grace tonight. I thank you, God, for how good you are and and Lord, just this exhortation that you've given us. And I pray that as believers, as men and women who claim the name of Jesus Christ, God, that we would be, we would be men and women who don't just talk about it. We're not, we're not those kind of soldiers that just sit around and talk or want to be soldiers, but Lord, we would understand we are in a battle. And we would trust you and we would believe you. And God, we would know and understand that, number one, you're victorious. We We need to draw close to you and we need to be strong in our Lord and we need to stand. But I think sometimes greater than that, our battle's not against flesh and blood. And I think Also, a great, great thing we need to remember, Lord. Put it in our hearts. Our battle is not against each other. But God, we would be men and women who glorify our God, walk with you. And we would look in our lives and we would know that our God has given us victory in those areas, especially tonight as we come to your table. Bless this time, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.